0: She had this really kind streak. Um, she actually used some of the profits from her writing to put her brother through ministry training and help him find a parish. Oh, wow. Which he repaid by spreading a bunch of rumors about her, which Oop. was very considerate and Uh-oh. grateful of him.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funka and I'm Kyra Peregrino. Today we have a crazy story
0: for you. We're talking cyanide, heresy, and what is actually quite a sweet hymn to come out of it all. So, can probably not save people write beautiful, edifying hymns? And should we sing them if we do? Mm.
1: Who knows? yes who knows indeed but first you know the drill go ahead and do all the liking and subscribing and leaving five star reviews and all of those things on this video right now if you're watching on youtube share your favorite episode with your family friends and all 12 of your twitter followers and you could also Better Lee, go to impartial.com. There you can do all sorts of fun stuff like sign up for our free weekly newsletter, follow us on social media. You could also be a nice, fun and generous subscriber to our Kofi campaign. You can find all those links at himpartial.com. Newsletter subscribers get exclusive first access to all our bonus content as well as being the first people to hear all of all our exciting news. And have I use the word exciting enough because all of it is very exciting. This week in our bonus episode we will be sharing the original poem this song may have been plagiarized from oh scandal on scandal (laughs) it is scandal on scandal this week good
0: grief and it's all i was gonna say it's all good stuff and it's it's really not good (laughs) stuff but if you want all the spice this week's episode is for you um we work hard to bring you this good content um, and to dig up all this nonsense to share with you um and there's so much that we really want to do that we think will be helpful and edifying to you all we're already talking about things we want to do for season four mm-hmm. kicking off later in the year um, we're talking about guests we want to bring on places we want to go mm-hmm. to make videos for you mm-hmm. and things like that so if you want us to help if you want to help us mm-hmm. keep bringing you better and better content um bring you stuff that's really helpful to you really encouraging all those things maybe even one day The Promised March. Oh! (laughs) Then head over to ko-fi.com forward slash impartial where you can support us for as little as £3 a month. Mm -hmm. supposed to be the same as a cup of coffee, but with inflation these days, I reckon you're getting a bargain. Yep. So, there we go. Things we do for you. Bargains. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves a bargain. (laughs) Okay. Everyone also loves a scandal, which leads us into today's... (laughs) Do you like that segue?
1: I do, actually. I appreciate it.
0: I... I found this hymn in a hymnal and was like, I like this hymn. And then I started reading about it and I was like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) So, So today we're talking about a hymn that I don't think has like a title title. It's just named after the first two lines. And it's called, As Darker, Darker Fall Around the Shadows of the Night. And I promise that despite those first lines, it's a really uplifting hymn. Hmm. It sounds like the start of a gothic horror. (laughs) And yeah, so I found it by accident, flipping through a hymn book, looking for something else. And I thought it was sweet. Like a really nice hymn. Started researching it and boy, do I have a story for you. (laughs) Grab your coffee, guys. The hymn book I found this in, simply, I assume that you've never heard it.
1: No, I've never no, this No, I now. thought that
0: was a safe assumption, but yeah. then I was like, uh, maybe she has, I'll check. <laughs> uh, I hadn't. Um, I've never heard it, never sung it before, never seen it in my life. Mm. But I found it, and it simply has the attribute, hymn of the Calabrian shepherds. Mm. Now, Calabria is a region of Italy. It's the toe of the boot mm. part. Um, nice visual. Mm-hmm. If you're like, I don't know where that is. I didn't either, but I found a little diagram toward the boot. (laughs) So when I started to research the hymn, I also saw it attributed to a guy called Samuel Longfellow and someone else. So let me start with the Shepherds thing. Mm. It's not really clear whether this was actually very loosely based on some Italian hymn. Or whether the poem was originally written by a lady called Letitia Elizabeth Landon, known at the time by her initials, L.E.L. Where have I heard that name before? She was a poet. Letitia whaty whaty? Letitia Elizabeth Landon. She was a poet. She was born... She's quite influential as well. I'll get to Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. She was born 14th of August, 1802, died 15th of October, 1838. So she didn't live long, but she packed in the drama while she was alive. Mm -hmm. She was an English novelist um, and also a poet. And she wrote in that kind of weird period between romanticism and Victorian sentimentalism. Mm. Um, It's not clear whether she genuinely liked writing about the things she did. She wrote a lot of romantic poems in the, like... I love you sense, Mm -hmm. not in the
1: romantic romantic era era Europe sense, although it was
0: both. Um, So it's not clear whether she liked writing about those things or whether she was just really good at writing to the market. Mm. Um, But it got her in trouble. She did, however, have an influence on poets like Christina Rossetti, who I like, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Barrett Browning, Tennyson and Poe. Poe po, po cracks me up. I don't know why. He's supposed to be like serious and morbid, but I just find him really funny. Um, so Mrs. Landon, Miss Landon, she wrote some very romantic poetry, which is pretty tame for our time, let's be honest. Um, but she wrote it well. Mm-hmm. She was good at it. Mm-hmm. A lot of lovey-dovey stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she had this really kind streak um, she actually used some of the profits from her writing to put her brother through ministry training and help him find a parish. Oh, wow. Which he repaid by spreading a bunch of rumors about her, which Oop. was very considerate and Uh-oh. grateful of him. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so she was engaged to a guy for a while, and he heard these rumors that she'd had a number of fa- affairs which had resulted in several illegitimate children. Because, of course, she did. She was a woman and she wrote romantic poetry. <laughs> oh. Gosh! (laughs) (laughs) so he confronted her about it which I think is fair if I heard rumours about someone I loved and was like "Um, what is going on here and she told him go on ahead ask all the people who knew her best interrogate them about her private life Mm -hmm. so he did didn't find anything I don't think because he didn't break off the engagement she did yeah she was like she later said in a private letter to her friend that she couldn't marry a man who didn't trust her yeah so it sounds like she was a bit hurt by it all um i mean that is quite the accusation (laughs) yeah can you imagine just being like i believe you've had multiple babies with multiple men and she's like um no no." and then he's like but i'm gonna ask your friends anyway and they're all just like um no (laughs) (laughs) but i think um that was wise of her maybe to just not go with that guy yeah but it doesn't mean the match she actually made was wise in the end she got sick of all the scandal and the kind of gossip surrounding her. And perhaps in her desperation to kind of get rid of that, she made what I think was not the wisest marriage. Mm. So she, there was some weird things around it. Um, but she married a guy called George McLean, Mm -hmm. McLean governor of gold coast, which is modern day Ghana. Okay. Um, so they got married in England. They moved back out there after a while. Not long after they arrived. Dun, dun, dun. She turns up dead with a bottle of cyanide in her hand. What? Yes.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> now, remember the gossipy brother? Mm-hmm. Not helpful in this situation. Mm-hmm. It could have been accidental. I think it probably was if you're thinking the best of things, mm-hmm. because cyanide was used to treat a heart condition, it was called prussic acid or something at mm. the time. It contained cyanide, it was used to treat a heart condition that she'd been diagnosed with, and she was <laughs> convinced that this medicine was like keeping her alive. Mm. Um, it could have been suicide, though, or even possibly murder.
1: Oh, mercy!
0: Yes, it's all very weird. Speculation abounded. Um, One of the reasons people were suspicious was because she was buried really, really quickly. Yeah. But we're talking about Ghana in the 1800s. Like they didn't have refrigerated morgues there. They didn't even have fridges. Like they had to just bury people because people go off really quick. Yeah. Um, Especially in the heat. In the heat. Yeah, right. And it's just really sad that even in her death, she couldn't escape the gossip. Mm. But she wrote this poem um, and it's possible that that was what... Longfellow plagiarized, but mm. so this hymn was called the Hymn of the Calabrian Shepherds to the Virgin, which is a thirteen stanza poem, which these in which these possibly fictional shepherds pray to Mary to bring their loved ones safely home. Mm. You're gonna love it. <laughs> um, it's from this poem that a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Of this hymn is very, very similar possibly plagiarized by Samuel Longfellow, who mm-hmm. was another poet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, he was the brother of a more famous poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who you may or may not have heard of. don't know. sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, but if you asked me, what did he write, I'd be like, poems. Oh. don't know. Um, but for you lit nerds out there, you might know who that is. So Samuel was born 18th July, 1819, around... Not that. He was kind of a contemporary of, of uh, Landon. He was born in Portland, Maine, across the pond. Oh. He attended Harvard and um, oh. in
1: 1839,
0: not 1839, 1834, 35 ish, went on to study at Harvard Divinity School. Nice. Which he graduated in 1839. Yes, nice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <sighs> yes. Uh, so Longfellow is considered to be a well-respected transcendentalist philosopher.
1: Oh, remind me.
0: I was just going to say, I didn't know what that was. I've heard it, but I'm... I've heard it, but yeah. I'll be like, I can tell you what it was. So I looked it up. <laughs> this means he believed in the inherent goodness of people in nature, but blamed society and institutions for the corruption of their purity. So <clears throat> not a believer in original sin. After he graduated, he became a Unitarian minister. Now, Unitarians <laughs> are called that because they don't believe in the Trinity. So he's got two strikes
1: already. Not- is there like a clever rhyme? You know how, they, how the how how people say, the Sadducees are sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. Is there one for like Unitarians? I don't know. Can we come up with a rhyme? Someone give it to us in the comments. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Um.
0: Yeah, so he's got two strikes. Doesn't believe in original <laughs> sin, apparently. Yeah. Doesn't believe in the Trinity. Why go for two strikes when you can have three? Oh no. Um. Yeah. So throughout his life, he struggled with his sexuality as well. Oh no. Um, I'm not going to say anything overly like explicit or anything, mm. but if you have little kids, you know. I don't know how you feel about this. Mm -hmm. At first I was kind of skeptical because what I'd seen of his writings wasn't like overtly gay. Mm -hmm. And it was much more acceptable at that time to have these deeper friendships with people of the same gender and Mm -hmm. nobody thought anything of it. You could be like, Hey bro, I love you. And people wouldn't be like, Oh, you love him. Oh, oh, are you queer?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's sad, but true.
0: It is sad, but Mm true. But unfortunately when I kind of, (laughs) pulled that little thread of his life um it became clear that he definitely struggled with homosexuality Mm. and what he wrote was very tame by modern standards Mm. very very tame but it's clearly over the line of deep friendship and Mm -hmm. he himself uses the word like infatuation Mm. regarding men that he admired yeah um it's really hard to tell how he did or didn't indulge it or dealt with it or didn't Mm -hmm. um but it was he was a lifelong bachelor Mm. um And the way he wrote indicates that he definitely struggled his whole life. Mm. Um, He was, however, like I said, a noted transcendentalist philosopher, but he was also respected clergyman. So either it was like this open secret or he genuinely fought it or he just was really good at keeping it secret.
1: Mm. So
0: I don't really know, but there were some issues there.
1: Open secret.
0: I suspect it was an open secret because people talked about his (laughs) friendship with Samuel...
1: Johnson I think it was and they Mm. were like those bros are like close yeah it's Um, an interesting thing that you bring up sorry to cut you off I just I just had this thought and I'm just going to take us on a one and a half minute tangent but um it's perfectly uh fine and good for um Christians who struggle with homosexuality to just live a life of celibacy and recognize that that's well, going to be a lifelong struggle for the them guys there? he
0: was semi sort of maybe involved with ended up marrying and mm. that wasn't uncommon at the time oh, it yeah. was like i don't have to deal with this so i'm just going to get married and hope it goes away
1: yeah um maybe though maybe that's not completely fair but no, yes it could no have, but like that was yes, something yes, people yes, yes, did yes. at the time they were yes. like i'm just going to have to marry and yeah.
0: Because it wasn't socially acceptable back then. Yeah. Um, and that was the way some people. Yeah. Dealt with it or didn't deal with it or whatever. Yeah. I
1: but mean, I guess from the start, we already have an issue because he. I'm not his saying doctrine works, was by the way. Yeah. No. Just say. His doctrine was so wrong to the point that probably he wasn't even saved. So, you know, we're not talking about folks who are. Believing in the God of scripture and believing in the Mm -hmm. gospel and struggling with homosexuality. That's a whole nother topic. Um, so I don't want us to come off as like being harsh on this person's real life, you know, struggles. Um, but. It's something that you mentioned about deep friendship that made me want to go on a one and a half minute tangent. Mm -hmm. And you guys could totally fast forward 90 seconds if you don't want to hear this. But we're currently watching this sci-fi show that we've seen before. It's a really good, well, I won't say really good. It's a really well built world and the concepts are really good and it has you... um, like all good sci fi is thinking about what it means to be human, what it means to live, what it means to survive, da da da, all these great, like, big themes. But because the show is on the CW, it's gotta have teenage, like, you know, like love and romance or whatever. And they made two, three of the main characters gay, like, they made them gay. And honestly, those relationships are not as i don't want to say important you don't have as emo- much as much emotional connection to those relationships as you do in other relationships say between two friends who are just friends mm-hmm. or two like a brother and a sister it's it's like actually an unnecessary thing to make a close friendship in a story you're telling it only be important if it's romantic because yeah. It's that's a problem not, in, that's in, not modern, yeah. in modern
0: fiction. Because let's be honest, like as believers anyway, mm-hmm. like romance is such a small section of your relationships. Like yeah. you have this one spouse, that's yes. it. Yes. And then everybody else you have a completely different relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so the majority of your relationships with other people are platonic. They should be platonic. Yes. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of weird that yeah. so much weight is put on a very specific kind of niche yeah. kind of anyway. Yeah. It is a problem with modern yeah. fiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and also modern life, but that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about this. I don't know where he was at. I was going to say this man is a puzzle to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I said, he clearly had homosexual feelings. He mm. was a Unitarian, did not believe in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Transcendentalist did not believe in original sin. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he was at where his soul was at doesn't look good mm. but i don't know i don't pff, who knows the interesting thing is that he was a really good hymn writer <laughs> oh, which no. is bothersome oh, no. if he'd struggled with even one of those things out of the three any yeah. one yeah throughout his life like he was like i don't really get the trinity or i don't know i i struggle with the concept of original sin or i struggle with homosexuality if he struggled with one as mm-hmm. opposed to like multiple things mm-hmm. i would have been like maybe
1: even if he struggled with all three throughout his life but was trying to walk in newness of the truth like yes. i mean we talked about joseph hart a few weeks ago and yes. joseph hart had very like a very different story a very different very scandalous, like, Almost th- four or five decades until he was saved, you this know? Guy didn't have a scandalous life
0: mm. in public. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's a hard one. Because yeah. sometimes you come across people like this and you're just like, where is your soul at? And mm. also, like, I don't know. He He clearly had issues with sin. Or didn't have issues with some sin he should have had issues with. Mm. Um, and he held some very wrong beliefs that are contrary to foundational doctrines of the faith. Yeah, And yet he was such a good hymn writer. Like mm. I read some of his other hymns and I was like, this guy has talent. I mean, what do you even, do, what do, you do with that? Um, Don't know. I don't know either, but I like the hymn. <laughs> So I honestly wondered if the hymnal I had, which was the Baptist hymnal it's called, had attributed the author of this hymn as hymn of the Calabrian shepherds. Because maybe because of the confusion about its origins or maybe to because yeah, cause it's yeah. easier to draw on these Italian shepherds from Landon's poem
1: yeah.
0: than to have Longfellow's name on it. Because elsewhere in other hymn books, it is attributed to him. If you go on org, oh, wow. they're like, check out this guy. He was a <coughs> Unitarian minister. He did all this cool stuff. And it neglects some of the yeah important other stuff. So,
1: Side side note, they, Joseph Hart was kind of scrubbed of his past in some of the things I read too. Mm. It Was that, what do you call it? Is it hagiography? Hagiography is yeah. where they
0: just make them out to be these yeah. immaculate saints that never did yeah. wrong. It, it's it, Well that's why I'm like I, I don't really know what to do with this guy Because he has some genuinely heretical views Okay, If you don't believe in the trinity You don't believe in original sin eh. Problems yes. Major problems But I'm also kind of like I don't know what was going on in his head <laughs> and, and it's really hard Because there's not a ton of information on him So maybe he changed over time Maybe his yeah. theological views changed I don't know, don't know. Um doesn't look good
1: but -hmm.
0: but there's uh there's grace for Mm -hmm. people
1: yeah
0: so despite a rocky start with our sort of author who was possibly but probably not murdered and our actual author who was possibly a heretic this is a good hymn I thought I found it encouraging personally when I read it Monet do you want to put us out of our
1: suspense and just read us the lyrics oh I As darker, darker fall around the shadows of the night, we gather here with him in prayer to seek the eternal light. Father in heaven, to thee are known our many hopes and fears, our heavy weight of mortal toil, our bitterness of tears. We pray thee for our absent ones who have been with us here, and in our secret heart we name the distant and the dear. For weary eyes and aching hearts and feet that from thee rove, the sick, the poor, the tired, the fallen, we pray thee, God of love. We bring to thee our hopes and fears, and at thy footstool lay, and after, Father, thou who lovest all, wilt hear us as we pray. All right. Yeah, it's a it's a song of of lament and comfort and it's a prayer really isn't it it's a like, prayer i think i'm thinking maybe just because i'm reading exodus right now it oh, feels okay. like an exodian prayer i don't know if that's a thing <laughs> exodusian no, no, no. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah the hymn is itself a prayer um i think it's a good reminder of all the power of prayer mm. um and I think those lyrics could be useful to help us pray for the people around us. I like that this hymn isn't really about us. It's about us bringing other people before the throne and trusting mm. God to care for them.
1: Mm. And you don't get that
0: a lot in hymnody
1: that I've yeah. seen. The sick, the poor, the tired, um, the fallen.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, as I said, this was semi plagiarized from Letitia Landon's poem, Came <laughs> of the Calabrian Shepherds to the Virgin. But I compared the two side by side because I'm a nerd and I was interested. <laughs> and really, there are barely five lines that can be said to be taken from her writings. Really? Out of like 13 verses of four lines. Um, and even then, they've been changed. So, like, the references to Mary have been edited to reference God instead. Mm hmm. Or stuff's just been completely changed. Yeah. There's very clear resemblance, um, particularly in the first verse, perhaps a bit of stealing going on. But after the first few lines, it's so different. You couldn't really call it an imitation.
1: Yeah.
0: But I just thought her death and stuff was so interesting. <laughs> in the
1: episode. You just wanted to talk about it. I know. I just wanted to I be know. like,
0: guys, <laughs> why are none of the true crime people talking about this, huh? <laughs> Conspiracy. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yes, back on track. So... In verse one, you got this lovely contrast between the night getting dark around us. And yet we gather to seek a lasting light, one that will never fail. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing every time we come to God in prayer or come to read his word. So it's quite a strong image, I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But as the writer comes to God in the first verse, in the second, he also acknowledges that God already knows all the good and the bad that he's bringing. And there's like this, there's confidence and comfort in bringing these things to God and believing that God not only already knows, but that he deeply cares for all our sorrows and joys.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (coughs) So I've been reading, have you read Gentle and Lowly by Dane Orland?
1: I read bits of it a few years ago when it first came out. Okay. Yeah.
0: I read like a chapter of it
1: when it first came out,
0: but I came back to it recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really enjoying it. And he talks about, sorry. It's a good one. It is a good one. I recommend at least the first seven chapters. I've not read the rest yet. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he talks about like how we can be so reluctant to come to Christ because we assume that one so high and holy would struggle to come near people as lowly and sinful as us. Mm. And that coming to him, we just assume it's exasperating and draining for him and this tedious burden. But Ortland argues that he... Christ wants us to draw near to him. And when we do, it brings him joy. Mm. So Ortland says, Christ's heart is not drained by our coming to him. His heart is filled up all the more by our coming to him.
1: Mm. And I
0: just, the, this verse reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the sweet things about this hymn is, is that it is a prayer, mm-hmm. but an unusual one. So, like I said, a lot of hymns have focus on us or on God, and that's fine in moderation in mm-hmm. the appropriate context. Mm-hmm. And I like this one because about bringing others before God. Yeah. Um. Or perhaps, perhaps they can't bring themselves. Perhaps they won't bring themselves. Perhaps they can bring themselves, but we're bringing them as well. Whatever the case, there's something lovely about you know praying for others and singing this prayer, which is a prayer for others. So, um, verse three and four particularly moved me when I first read it. So our absent ones are sometimes reluctantly absent. Like they want to be with us, but they can't be for some reason. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're deliberately absent. They've removed themselves from our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but just cause someone doesn't want to know you anymore and doesn't like, it doesn't mean you can't still commit them to God in prayer. Yeah. And there's, there's a comfort in that. And I think there's a healing in that as well. And the distant may not be purely geographical, but despite the miles or the pain between us and other people, like Mm -hmm. they're still dear to us, and so we still bring them to God. Yeah, and He can care for them, and He can work in them, even when our relationship with them is distant. Um, and those who are miles away, friendships that have drifted apart, those people who have estranged themselves from us, can still be dear to us, Mm -hmm. even though they're far away. And like even as I read these words, and even as I reread these words, their names, like that my little heart whispers Mm -hmm. and it talks about naming them in the secret heart. I'm like, yeah, there are names that just come to me because they're dear to me. And I'm sure that, um, if you read that line, there will be a name or names that spring to your mind as well. Um, and as we saw in the first verse, God already knows. Yep. So verse four. Uh, we're nearly there. Verse four <laughs> shows us that there are so many reasons why the deer are distant. Even those who we're close to suffer the things that he names in this verse. is the <laughs> weariness, heartache, other trials. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I thought like with each of these things, I again find names coming to mind, like, you know, the sick. Oh, this person is not well, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so if you're struggling to think about who to pray for in your personal life, using this verse as a guide is... Not a terrible idea. No. Um, I'm pretty sure we all know at least one person who falls into each category.
1: Yeah. And it's important that we um, encourage and strengthen that muscle, muscle of prayer mm. for people who are in our lives. It's <clears throat> Sometimes it's easier to pray for other people because we don't want to, you know, confess our own issues and stuff like that, but... Putting that to the side, like, I think um, we could be so self-centered that when we do pray for other people, it's just kind of like, and Lord bless this person, amen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it can be very kind of like, don't know what to pray, so here's something vague you sort of
1: out Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to, like, actually be, like like you said, using this as a guide to be thinking about our brothers and sisters, like, the state of their walk and knowing what they've entrusted to you Mm -hmm. and— in confidence and fellowship to actually lift them up in prayer and bring, bring their petitions to God. I think that's a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I like that in its own way, this hymn acknowledges these griefs in the lives of those we love and yeah. that it does weigh on us. Mm-hmm. The people that we love, the things they go through, mm-hmm. it weighs on us, like it impacts us. But this hymn also acknowledges that though we're helpless God is not, Mm. And we can bring these people to him. And I read this quote once that I can't exactly remember, but the <laughs> gist of it was like, prayer's not the least you can do. It's not the last thing you can do. It's like the greatest thing you can do for anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You could honestly, yeah, use this him to help you do that. Yep. Um, and then verse five ends with confidence, expressing certainty that this God who is our eternal light from verse one, who sees and knows and hears, verse two, he answers us when we pray. And you know what? Sometimes we don't even know what to pray for others or even ourselves, but thankfully God has that covered too. Yeah. We find help in Romans eight twenty
1: six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we, don't, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words.
0: There are legit people in my life. I don't even know how to pray for them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I can bring them to God because he knows. And contrary to the Unitarian beliefs of homeboy, what's his Longfellow. face? Longfellow. Um, I can bring them to God because he knows
1: mm-hmm.
0: Christ is a high priest who understands mm-hmm. and the Spirit helps us by interceding. Mm-hmm. And as Dane Ortland says, you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. You can't fix yourself. You can't fix the people around you, but you can bring it all to God in prayer. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this hymn just hit right at a time when the nights were long and I was feeling the heavy (laughs) weight of mortal toil and my heart was moved for the distant and the dear Mm -hmm. or whether this is a legitimately good song. Maybe it's not. Maybe
1: it just... (laughs) Was the right time and place. I don't know. You have to let us know in the comments if you think this hymn is all that in a bag of chips, which <laughs> dates me. It not only dates me, but it puts me in the US, a US dated I that, person. I all that in a bag of chips. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ah. Um, yeah, maybe it's a legitimately good song. I don't know
1: if the authorship has. Maybe the authorship it. taints it a yeah. little bit. But I always, whenever someone who doesn't believe in Orthodox Christianity writes a hymn that we all know and love, I think, oh, what were they thinking when they wrote this? Mm. Because we understand the Trinitarian nature of God. We understand. He only
0: refers to the Father in this.
1: That's what I'm saying. He only he only refers to the Father, God, God the Father, um, God of Love. There's never mention of Jesus or the Holy Spirit.
0: I'm sure he believed in Jesus, but he, he may have been like one of those people who was like, God is God, and then he became Jesus, and then he became the Holy Spirit, and he's like, one at a time.
1: <laughs> yeah, also wrong. No, dun, dun, dun. no. All of our stings are just coming from me right now. <laughs> our little sound, our soundboard is me. <laughs> anyway, uh, whatever the case,
0: authorship aside,
1: quality or not... I think it's quality. I think it's quality. I'll, I think give, it's you quality. That. I'll give you
0: that. Um, it encouraged me. That's mm-hmm. why I'm sharing it with you. Because mm-hmm. I hope it encouraged you too, despite all the weirdness around it. <laughs> so I think we'll just finish up by encouraging you in your prayer with the words of Philippians 4,
1: 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. A to the men. Well, that was quite the adventure, Cara. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, like, you could have you could have written that in a novel, and I would have been like, oh. <gasps> Like and you could. You would have probably read that in a novel and been like, "God, oh, that's not believable." No, no, I would have, I would have believed it. I can suspend my disbelief for a story like that, which is true. In any case, very cool. I love that you find these hymns. Just got, and this happens. This happens to both of us, but more you because you're more the one that's it's like combing through hymnals. I
0: have a paper hymnal. <laughs> yes, I actually found this when I was researching our resurrection hymns episode because i was like hey i've got paper hymnals i haven't looked at them in forever mm-hmm. i'll just turn to that section and then mm-hmm. i was just like flip flip flip
1: Ooh, ooh. not
0: even in the right section
1: i was like oh. as darker darker fall around the shadows of the night that's the name of the hymn let us know in the comments have you heard of this hymn before and now if you haven't heard it now that you've heard it is this something you'd want to sing um It definitely is a great prayer and a great acknowledgement of Mm. the um, joys and the burdens of praying for others. I was
0: thinking you might not want to sing it in church. Like you might not. You might just be like, eh, nah. But actually, um, prayer meetings or Mm. personal devotions, this could be a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. If we find a good version, we'll put a link to it in the description. Um, But... Don't go anywhere if you're a subscriber. There's a very, very fun bonus coming up. <laughs> and if you're not a subscriber, I mean, what on earth do we have to tell you to convince you to sign up? It is $3.99. <laughs> HymnFuzzle.com. <parcel.com. laughs>
0: I mean, honestly. like, Yeah. Here's the thing. You're never going to find out if Homegirl really was murdered or not. If you oh. No, we're not going to talk about that. But <laughs> sh- we're trying to get them to <laughs> sign up.
1: Well... Go over to impartial.com, sign up for our free weekly weekly news weather. I can't say the words. Even better than that, you should go to Kofi.com slash impartial. Because
0: we need a coffee. That's After right. that
1: story. Oof. No, I mean we are just we are doing all of this out of the goodness of our hearts, but lights are on, electricity's flowing. Coffee needs to be heated. Government price cap finishes in April, people. There you go. Lots of bills to pay. So why don't you help us pay them? Go over to himprosher.com and do all of the things. And until the next time we see your lovely faces, or I guess you see our lovely faces, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.